You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing excellent. I'm excited to uh, chat with you and see how I can help you out. What, what do you need help with today? Uh, yes, I would say that what I need help with is just more like an opinion on just um, like my overall journey and, and regarding like post-bac programs and everything. So okay. to start, I, am a I have lots senior. of opinions. Opinions are, are something that I am never short on. <laughs> sure. Um, well, maybe I'll switch that from like opinions to uh, I would say like kind of guidance in a sense but not really because you know obviously you know yeah just just opinion slash guidance but all right um, what do you got yeah so right now currently i've applied to about three to four postback programs and i've gotten into um one of them but i really just want to because you know like with the broad question of do you even really need a postback i wanted to kind of like tell you my um parts of my application and then maybe you could kind of like help me because I thought about the DIY aspect and like the actual program aspect as well. Okay. And I'm just wondering what would be, in your opinion, what would be the best fit um, just in case I don't get into like the postback because I have one in mind that I would like to get into that I feel like would be the best fit. But just in case, like I wanted to like pretty much measure all my options and just see. Got it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, with my I actually have maps. Yeah. I'm not sure if you're able to pull that up, but for maps, um, my cumulative GPA right now is about a 2.9 to a 3. Okay. I have listened to what you said about upward trends and everything, and I've really, 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 really made a very strong point to like get my upward trend up. So I would say since about 2019, I've gotten about, on average, like a 3.3 to a 3.5. Okay. Um, in the beginning of college, I started out good, but then once science, once I got into the sciences, I kind of had to learn how to be a science student. And it was a very rude awakening for me. And yeah. that's when I kind of did like my worst. But, you know, okay. since 2019 on, I've done pretty decent. But, you know, obviously, um, with an upward trend, I can only do so much with like, you know, your cumulative GPA yep. and everything. Yeah. So if we were to look yeah. at your mapped, uh, which I, I won't bring it up right now. Um, mm -hmm. The looking at class standing GPAs, mm. do you think you're like 2.5 freshman year, 3.0 sophomore year, 3.5 junior year? Like, are are you there? Like, if you were to look at your senior year, fourth year kind of um, numbers, what what do you think that looks like? If you can remember, or if you have it in front of you? Yeah, actually, you know what? How about I just grab it? Yeah. So I have it right in front of me. But yeah. off the top of my head, I believe my first year since I took primarily GEs, that's probably like a 3, 3.1. And then it, around sophomore, that's when it gets kind of low. Let me have it right here. How is MAPS for you? MAPS is actually great. It's a great tool. Um, you know, it's a great tool to have just to kind of visualize everything. I'm, I'm a very visual person. I like to see like the trends. Yep. And, you know, oftentimes people do get caught up into the, the final number, like you like to say and everything, but it's good to kind of see, um, what is it that you say? The story behind the GPA. Yep. So it's good to visualize that. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, so I do have it here. So click on that uh, the more details page, right, by the GPA? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then go down to that second graph and table. That's the class standing GPA. Yeah. So what does that show? Read read those numbers, That just that first column of numbers from high school okay. freshman, sophomore. Yeah, so freshman, it says um, 3.28. Okay. Uh, sophomore, 2.93. Junior, 2.85. And uh, senior GPA, It's I will say disclaimer, that it's more units just because it, it took me a little bit longer to, you know, graduate. But right now it's at a three. Okay. And that's the class standing one, right? Not cumulative? Yes. Class stand, yeah, class standing. Okay. So there's no upward trend there. I see. Right? An upward trend would yeah. be freshman year you struggled, sophomore year went a, li- a little bit higher, junior year went higher, senior year went higher. That's class standing GPA, meaning your freshman year GPA is this. Your sophomore year GPA, not including your freshman year, is this. Yeah. And so when you look at those numbers, and that's why I love mapped, and, and you can use other spreadsheets if you want to trust those. Uh, uh-huh. But but mapped, again, it's free to calculate your GPA like this, is uh, looking at that, you don't have an upward trend. So for a medical school to look at that and go, well, are you academically capable of doing well in our school? The answer is no at this point because you haven't shown any improvement. Yeah. Maybe um, I didn't want to ask because I'm looking at it like at the whole chart and everything and I'm probably wrong, but like semester by maybe I was going about it the wrong way by like semester by semester in a sense. Here, let because, me let, let me yeah. let me uh, pull it up on on here. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, all right. So looking at your GPA, so we just threw your GPA graph from Mapped on here. We can see this green line um, uh, on your dashboard. So I'm looking at your dashboard right now. The green line. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll I'll hide the other lines. Um, the green line is the semester GPA. So looking at the semester GPA, I can see what you're seeing. It's like, okay, it's going up. Yeah. And so something's a little wonky here because if you have 15 credits at a 356, uh, 13 credits at a 332, you, your, your semester trend is going up. So if we click on more detail... And then we take a look at this second class standing GPA is the one I want to go to. Um, all right. So I think you were reading. What What were you reading? I don't think you were reading something different. Oh, I think I, I'm sorry. My apologies. I think I was reading cumulative. I was reading cumulative GPA year by year. My mistake. <laughs> My mistake. I no, I okay. double yeah. I double and triple checked with you. <laughs> so this is the graph. So this is the second table, uh, the second graph. I really want to make it the first one because this is the most important graph, I think. Uh, this this table tells me how have you done year over year? This 2.64 for your sophomore year, 
31 credits sophomore year does not include any of this GPA, your 3.28. So you went from a 3.28 freshman year, which you said was a lot of the general education stuff uh, that didn't super impact uh, negatively your GPA. Still not super strong, right? 3.28 and then a 2.64. So you struggled in sophomore year. I'm assuming that's when the science classes started kicking up. And then you had a 2.7. So it went up a little bit, not enough. And now you have a 3.32. Again, this is not cumulative. This is your senior year, 63 credits. You had a 3.32. Ideally, in in a perfect world, um, we would see 3.28. Okay, I struggled, 2.64. Okay, I'm figuring it out. I got to a 3-3-2 junior year. And then senior year, like, okay, I'm good. I finally figured it out. I have a 3-6. I have a 3-7. I have a 3-8. But you haven't quite gotten there yet. And so I think it's good, right, that you're exploring postback programs. Right? Mm-hmm. So if we were to look at what's next for you, the question is, what's next? Like, postback program wise. So, GPA wise, that's that. We looked at your maps. We saw those graphs. You're looking into postback programs. What What's your question about them? Because uh, I had two questions. So one, um, well, I mean, this, they kind of answered it. But if I were to do a DIY postback, mm-hmm. and if do you do you feel like I would benefit more from a DIY postback or a formal postback? And then on top of that, too. So so stop right there. We'll just we'll just ask answer that mm-hmm. question. To me, there's no difference. Okay. To me, the only answer is where do you feel you may need the support and structure? Do you think you need the support and structure of a formal postback program? Most people do not. You can go study for the MCAT on your own. You don't need the the formal postbacks uh, relationship with Kaplan or whoever to 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 say, "Hey, like I'm going to go spend forty grand on this formal postback just because it has MCAT prep built in." Like you can study for the MCAT on your own. You can use other services, whatever, and pay a lot less. Um, if you feel like you need the advisors that are built into a postback program, I guess, is it worth it? Right. I just showed you maps. Something that as we're recording, this isn't announced yet, but advising inside of mapped is going to be a part of mapped soon. Like right now you have to pay a lot more for it, which a lot is only $30 a month or $250 a year. Uh, a lot less than 50 grand for a postback program. Uh, but pretty soon we're going to, we're going to be including it in mapped the advising because there are a lot of students out there who need advising. And I think we have the bandwidth to do that. So if you need formal advising, like you're already a part of mapped and pretty soon you could just ask questions right inside of mapped to our expert advisors. So ultimately there's, there's no difference in terms of helping you get into medical school from a class perspective between a formal and a do-it-yourself postback. There's just the structure and support potentially 
that a formal postback may offer. I see. Um, another, another question I had too was that for postbacks, you know, obviously, like if you're like a science major and everything, you're kind of like retaking courses. Mm-hmm. What if you did, like for me, obviously, like my GPA isn't where I want it to be. But for me, I feel like I struggled more in like physical sciences as compared to life sciences. But with postbacks, you're kind of doing all of those. Mm-hmm. But for a DIY, do, would you suggest like almost centering it around like the physical sciences if I were to do it um, by myself? And, and how would I like go about that? Or should I just kind of start fresh? You know how normal postbacks do. Physical sciences just to show like, hey, by the way, I just want to let you know, I, I actually can do physical sciences. Is that? Yeah. 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 So so that mentality, it's a very common mentality of like, uh-oh, I got to see in, in OCHEM, they're going to be really mm-hmm. concerned that I can't do OCHEM. Well, guess what? Like OCHEM isn't a part of medical school. <laughs> OCHEM, yeah. OCHEM is not part of being a, a doctor. Biochemistry, sure, right? That That's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, there's no benefit in trying to go, trying to show strengths from your weaknesses. The only thing that you're trying to show is I can get A's in the hard sciences. Okay. Whether that's physical sciences or biological sciences or whatever. Like I don't even think about sciences in that way. I see. I, I just, that's not a concern. Ideally, you're taking upper division sciences classes that you haven't taken before, sometimes genetics, um, cell bio, those sort of like nuanced science classes that a lot of students don't take as part of their prereqs so that you're taking classes that is new material, that you're not just repeating a class and going, oh, look, I got a C there, I got a B plus here. Well, I would hope you could get A's, but how how good is that A? Because it's a retake. And at the end of the day, the math all works out the same, right? Classes are classes. You're just adding more classes on top of the math. It's not like three, four, five years ago where on a DO application, at least, you could do grade replacement. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that was something I was kind of concerned about because the postback I did get into, um, they have undergraduate science, but kind of they're kind of like non-traditional in a sense. And I was just kind of worried that if I were to take the MCAT and everything, I haven't filled in those gaps yet. That, that was like the main thing I was kind of kind of worried about. So what do you mean by non-traditional science classes? And what's or your not, concern there? Sorry, not not non-traditional science classes, but it, I um, I mean, are we allowed to say schools? It's, or should it's I just, up to you. Just quote? You know what? I'm I'm going to I'm going to keep it to myself. Okay. But um. Yeah, it, it's a lot of graduate science. science it's a postdoc with graduate level science coursework, yeah. but it's kind of um like applied. It's like applied um like sciences so and everything. Applied. What What do you mean by applied sciences? So again, you and your fancy definitions so, of like physical sciences and bio. Yeah. Like I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> What's applied sciences? Okay, so um, like for example, if you wanted to um. Is this like medical laboratory kind of sciences? Is that what you mean? Kind of. Kind of like. <laughs> like applied sorry, as in a career yeah. field applied? There you go. There you go. Yes. Like, okay. like, like that. Yeah. Like that. So not, 
not textbook like chemistry, but oh, how am I going to use chemistry for like pharmaceutical or something like that? Got or, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I would highly, highly, highly recommend non graduate postbacs. Okay. So undergraduate level postbacs. Okay. Okay. Um, let me see. I have any more questions? Also, how do you, um, what's your approach to fitting in like the MCAT and postbacs? Do you suggest doing like a whole nother year, like a whole separate year just to study for the MCAT or yeah. do you suggest it all at once? What's your approach to that? Yeah, so it just depends on your bandwidth and your ability to balance it all. I think you specifically have shown that you don't have much bandwidth for doing super well in classes. So that should be your one and only focus as much as possible. And you should be doing some clinical experience and shadowing and all of that, keeping your foot in the door there. Um, but the biggest thing to keep in mind is that you are going to do a postback, whatever form that looks like. You're doing the postback to prove to medical schools that you're academically capable of doing well in medical school. One of the biggest mistakes that I see students make when they do a postback is they're applying to medical school while still in the postback. So you should finish the post back and go, ha ha, see, I can do it. Then apply to medical school. That's the goal. Too many students apply to medical school even before their first semester of their post back is done going, I'm going to let you know in a month, in two months, in six months, how my first semester, how my second semester of my post back has gone. I know that the only classes that I have on my transcript are really crappy, but Trust me, trust me, I'm going to do great in my post back. And, and medical schools, they just don't have the bandwidth. They don't have the, the systems and structures set up in place to take that sort of updated information and, and act on it. And sure, some schools do, but I just, I see time and time again, really solid students after a post back not get into medical school because they applied during their post back without that upward trend on paper. It's all theoretical at that point. So if you think about it in that way, then there's no rush to take the MCAT because the goal is to finish your post back first anyway. One step at a time, pretty much. Baby steps, yes. Okay. You, you are digging yourself out of a hole, out of a ditch, and you are just building one step at a time to get out of there. Okay. And I would say like my last question would be, um, cause I am a biology major. I've taken a lot of this before. How do you think I should, and I am at a university. So how do you think I would go about, um, like retaking those courses if I were to do the DIY route? Cause I hear community sometimes or, mm -hmm. um, you know, official programs. What, what do you think I should do? Cause I, I've heard that you shouldn't do community because I think you mentioned something about doing okay at a university and then going to community and doing well can look bad. So, yeah. 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 So, so my, my colleague at MAP, Dr. Scott Wright, former director of admissions at UT Southwestern, he and I disagree on, on this one. It's one of the, the few places where we disagree. Uh, okay. My general stance is just go and do well, period. Whatever that looks like. If it has to be a community college, then go to a community college. Um, his stance is, Ideally, it's at a four-year university because you just want to 
not leave any doubt in the admissions committee's mind that your success isn't because of where you went. Now, I just, my general sense is there's, there's too much variability at every college, at every institution, whether community or four-year or whatever, that there's no guarantee. Like, I, I talk to way too many students that are like, my community college classes were harder than my four-year university, four-year university yeah. classes. Um, but the general kind of consensus is, and the, 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 the prevailing thought is that community college is easier than four-year universities. And so you have to potentially weigh that into your decision of doing it at a community college versus a four-year university. Community college is cheaper. Community college typically has more flexibility in their classes. And so you need to do what works for you and not just kill yourself and, and go into much more debt and all this other stuff just to do it at a four-year university. Yeah. So take, take that for what it's worth. Okay. Well, um, I believe that's everything. Thank you so much for your time. Really yeah. appreciate it. You're welcome. Fingers crossed. Good luck. And uh, hopefully get those grades up. Thank you. And I will. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group. 